Good evening, guys. I'm Josh Ancher. This is Graham Coffee. We are Dog Sports Live, and my camera is slipping off. All right. Every open is going to be an adventure. Graham has dug deep into the UGA play vault that we have here on Dog Sports Live, added a bunch of plays, and is ready to talk about Clemson's defense and how Georgia and Ty Monken is going to expose it. With that, Graham, talk us into this. Yeah, so obviously Georgia and Clemson opening up the season in Charlotte. That's the the game on the mind of every dog fan right now and, and basically every college football fan as well could arguably be the game of the season. Um, so with Georgia going into that battle against Clemson, we decided to start breaking down what to expect from from both sides of the ball. And we're starting tonight with our preview of – Clemson's defense and how Georgia can be successful with their offense in terms of how they attack Brent Venables and his defense. So we went back and looked mostly at Ohio State and their game against Clemson in the last year's college football playoff. And then also Notre Dame's win at home against Clemson last year because those are the two teams that had the most success. Those are two teams that have similar blue chip ratios and talent to UGA. So um, let's get into it. Uh, I mean, I think before we run any clips, it's it's worth mentioning kind of the elephant in the room whenever you're talking about a Clemson game is that they are notorious for stealing offensive signs. Uh, Google it. You can find some articles on it. I know there's a good one Sports Illustrated did with one coach talking about you know, they lined up in a formation that they ran out of 90% of the time and, and Clemson goes into a drop eight defense and he realized that they knew the play and they were they were running a passing play out of that formation in that particular moment. So against Ohio State, you saw Ryan Day and the Buckeyes do a lot of things with their tempo and with their huddles to keep Clemson off balance. You saw them just go really fast a lot of times and you also saw them other times have these really long huddles, break the huddle with 10 seconds left on the play clock, run up to the line and just snap the ball immediately. So that's something to, to watch for Georgia. I'm sure Georgia will be on it. I think Georgia does have a bit of an advantage in that it's the, an opening game. And so there will not be a bunch of TV tape and stuff like that out there of uh, these signals, unless Georgia hasn't changed them from last year. But I would assume if I'm aware of it, that they're more than aware of it. And there's a bunch of graduate assistants working on it right now. So uh, a big thing, a big theme that we saw in the two games between Clemson and Ohio State and Clemson and Notre Dame was that the tight ends combined for 13 catches on 16 targets for 165 yards and three touchdowns in those games. So attacking Clemson with the tight ends is a recipe for success and we we know that we've seen it work i think with what georgia has in in darnell washington blocking on the end of the line and also bringing in a reed gilbert who i know is playing wide receiver but he has a tight end body um a lot of the things formationally that you saw ohio state and notre dame do against clemson georgia's already running so let's get into uh these clips josh if you just want to start rolling them Let's do this. So this first clip, you're going to basically just see, and, and both Ohio State and Notre Dame did this early in their, their games against Clemson, where they just basically took these big body tight ends and 
they posted them up. Um, and really, when you're looking at these plays, it's just a size advantage. And that's kind of a risky throw there, but you got a guy that that has a height advantage on the defensive back, and Justin Fields puts it right there outside the reach of the of the DB on the inside shoulder, and it's an easy touchdown. Um, similarly, we saw Georgia do same thing with Darnell Washington last year. Those 50-50 balls become more like 80, 20, 70, 30 balls when you have a guy that's got six inches on the, the guy defending him. So definitely something to watch for early. Um, I think Georgia will try to get Washington and Gilbert matched up on smaller defensive backs and let them use that size advantage. So basically, Clemson tried to adjust uh, in-game to those size advantages by – switching out linebackers into coverage on those tight ends or dropping into zone. So those same tight ends um, could not just, just body up on their guys. So crossing routes, Notre Dame worked a bunch of crossing routes. Once Clemson dropped into a zone, that's, that's how you beat zone is, is these little mesh and, and rub and pick routes. You got that tight end breaking free right there, but you see Clemson bringing five guys on a third down, six guys actually. And, their secondary drops off and there's nobody within 10, 12 yards of the line of scrimmage. And so you got an athletic tight end. I think they call that guy baby Gronk at Notre Dame. Um, and he can make a guy miss. And, and Darnell Washington, Arik Gilbert, two guys really skilled after the catch. Um, I think we've got another crossing route that Ohio State used in their game. So this is kind of more of a throwback concept, but similar idea working against a zone defense secondary gets caught moving with the the flow and the action of the play and it's just a nice little throwback design and i mean ohio state's tight end tore up notre dame like he had three touchdown catches in the first half you just saw the second one we showed you the first one already um but if you're looking at a like the best tight end room in the country is in athens georgia right now and what Georgia can do with Darnell, Arik, and I also don't want to leave out Fitzpatrick is major. So let's look at some some similar type crossing routes that we've seen Georgia use. So this is going to be one to John Fitzpatrick and just a nice little leak play. JT stands in, takes the hit. Um, nice gain. Fitzpatrick athletic working after the catch. And one thing that that's, you know, that formation that Georgia's in right there, you've got – Fitzpatrick lined up kind of in that that almost H-back style position, almost as a sniffer. And then you've got Darnell staying in line to block there on the bottom. So that formation, when when you go back and watch those the CFP semifinal from last year or Clemson's game against Notre Dame, you see it a ton. And it's already – and Milton takes off there and probably drags that underneath defender there as that to opens it up right there for Fitzpatrick. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, see him just take off through there and that just cleared it out. It was a heck of a play there. That was, that was a scoring drive that got us back into the game against Cincinnati. Yeah, and one thing about that play too is like you see Cincinnati bringing, you know, bringing guys on the blitz, bringing extra rushers, and that – that is the Brent Venable style. And we'll get into this a little bit more, but like you're going to see in a lot of these clips that we show you of Clemson, they're going to bring five, six, seven guys at times 
And we've heard a lot of hype about this front seven, and rightfully so. There's a lot of really talented players and highly recruited guys on there. But if Clemson's got to bring five, six, seven guys to get pressure against Georgia, it's going to be a really, really long day for them. Like, if they can't get pressure with their front four, you can almost guarantee a Georgia win in that scenario. All right. You had talked about the tight ends that we've got and and – and uh, yeah. you want to talk about it? We technically he's a wide receiver. We keep saying this, but here we go. Let's talk about Arik. Yeah, we've got Arik. So I mean, just a similar type concept. These crossing routes working. Oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't a crossing route. Sorry, that was my mistake. Um, all right, scratch. Keep keep rolling. We'll okay. come back to that play. I think I have it in there twice. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so the other thing that we saw once the Clemson defense dropped into these zones was. Yeah, you've got these crossing routes, but you also saw Ohio State's tight ends work these little option routes. And so just finding that hole between the linebackers and the safeties, slowing down, sitting in there, taking some time. Uh, we're going to see – you can go ahead and roll the next right. play of, of Fitz. Uh, we're going to see a similar type play from Fitzpatrick there. And we've talked about this a lot on the show. If, if you're a longtime watcher or listener of Dog Sports Live, you know Todd Mocken runs – a option route based passing game. And a lot of this is, is read based and it's based on receivers and quarterback being on the same page and finding space and sitting down in it and finding windows. And Fitzpatrick, the guy that's not utilized a ton, but he's very good at making those reads, especially on those kind of six to 12 yard uh, plays. And he just sits down there, uses the big body. That's a nice third and long conversion we're going to see Darnell here run a play almost identical to what Ohio State did in that clip. So he just shrugs past the linebackers, slows down, sits down in space. Before he hits those safeties, JT Daniels hits him with an easy ball. Um, really, really kind of bread and butter stuff for that Todd Monken offense. And what's exciting if you're a Georgia fan is, you know, Georgia's not installing a bunch of stuff that, that they don't already run and that they don't have experience with, they can come into this game and run their packages and run the offense that they have been running since mocking came to Athens last off season and be very, very successful in this game. Um, so yeah, let's go to that next clip. Uh, yeah. So I think, this is another one I think Georgia will run a lot of this year. Again, you've got that inline tight end at one end down in three-point stance, and then you've got one guy standing up. And so Darnell's probably your guy in the three-point stance. Gilbert's probably your guy standing up. And at this point, Clemson has gone to bringing in an extra defensive back. You see six DBs on the field, and they're trying to match up with those tight ends because that speed is burning their linebackers and he's still able to run a good route and work the inside. I think if you go to that next clip, you'll have a reverse angle of the same play. And you can see he just sort of fakes outside there and cuts right up the middle. And this is going to look familiar uh, to stuff that, that we've seen from, from Georgia last year. If you want to go to, and you can just play these next three kind of in a row. So we've got McKitty on a seam route here off play action. Boom, right there. Similar type concept. Again, finding that space between linebackers and defensive backs. We've got Arik Gilbert 
just shooting out like a rocket, beating a defensive back with his speed and his size. And then we're going to see Darnell against Cincinnati, another similar type play coming off the the wide receiver spot. And he does kind of work in on a little bit of a cross there, but uses athleticism after the catch, gain an extra 20 yards. So Georgia is one of the few programs around where you have these guys that are, you know, 6'4", 6'5", 6'7", and they're running 4'6", 4'5", 4'7", 40s, and they're athletically skilled enough to beat these defensive backs in coverage, still have enough size to to box out on some of these smaller DBs on these 50-50 balls, and then they're too fast for linebackers to coverage. So this is a huge mismatch advantage. If there's one positional advantage in this game that really swings Georgia's way, uh, it would have to be Gilbert, Washington, and Fitzpatrick. And not just their ability to catch the ball, but particularly with, with Fitzpatrick and Washington, their ability to stay in and run block as well. And, and we're going to talk about that right now. And so, like we referenced, a lot of people are talking about how good Clemson's front seven is, and they and they are very, very good. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But when they played some of these bigger, more skilled offensive lines like Notre Dame and Ohio State, you did see them get beat at the point of attack in the run game. And Notre Dame had success with these heavy sets like you just saw. And here from Georgia, you're going to see similar type of formation. You got two tight ends there blocking on the line, short yardage, and you're just going to see a big hole bust open there for, uh, I believe that's McIntosh. No, that's Zeus coming off the left side. Uh, And then we're going to see another run here on the next clip. If, if I can jump in here real fast yeah. and just talk about this, you know, everyone's, you know, a lot on the blogs, people are in the comments are talking about, you know, how much we're going to run, we're going to pass, you know, we're going to pass the ball a lot more. I still think we're going to see a really balanced offense, you know, somewhere between 52, 48, either way. Uh, and because Monken does rush, run the ball. I mean, you talked about it a long time ago in Southern Miss, me had thousand yard rushers all the time. So I yeah. think that these big heavy sets and having these tight ends that are athletic and can catch the ball and also get down in three point stance. Block is going to what we're going to see a lot of, and that's still going to be, uh, you know, important to this offense. 100%. Um, and then you can also, you know, here's another similar type play Ohio State running on Clemson out of the shotgun. But I mean, if you look at the push that offensive line from Ohio State is getting in that clip, you know, those guys yeah. are getting driven back. There's a, there's a hole opening up there, and the linebackers come down and crash, but if you're getting six yards, seven yards a clip uh, against a team like Clemson, especially with what Georgia has at quarterback and wide receiver, you're going to be in for a really good night. Yeah. Let's look at this Georgia play coming up after this. Yeah. So similar type concept, we've got Kendall Milton, uh, except Georgia's tight ends actually do an even better job with their blocking than Ohio state's did. And this is just an inside zone read specifically. It's a bluff read type concept. And, I mean, Bama's defensive line is the the same caliber of recruit, same caliber of athlete that that Clemson has, and you can see it there. You know, they're they're getting that push. So here yeah. we've got again, you know, these these kind of gashes, like 
And, and another thing I notice a lot in this is Clemson's linebackers don't tackle particularly well. Um, at least in these two games, they didn't. And I mean, like, these are just big holes and type of type of runs where you're not having to make a guy miss until you're 15, 20 yards downfield. I think that if Ohio State and Notre Dame can do things like that to Clemson, that Georgia can do similar things. And, and this is this wasn't all day, right? Like Clemson had plenty of, of plays where they, you know, blocked guys out, but still. Um, can we get into this Florida game, this Florida play? Yeah, so we got an inside zone read here again. And, I mean, all these are inside zone reads, and if you just want to, you know, keep okay. keep playing these. Um, you see Georgia knows how to do this. This is bread and butter for, for UGA. You're going to see Notre Dame, similar type concept, inside zone read, Gash and Clemson up the middle, right, coming, you know, coming right over to the center, basically, right between the center and the guard. Um, yeah, big yeah, inside, then, big yeah. hole. There's Cook, there's Cook, the guy that no one says can run between the tackles, just gashing him for 10 yards. I know. Funny how that works, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so the next next thing we've got here is both Ohio State and Notre Dame busted these big runs off left tackle early in the game. Uh, that was a really nice long one. And, I mean, that's a nice big hole that uh, Sermon is running through there. And then you've got Notre Dame, I believe, first or second snap of the game. Boom, and he's gone. And then, obviously, we remember Georgia against Florida moving those tight ends out to the left, getting those blockers around, and they, you know, they get a seal here and a seal there, and you got an alley, and all of a sudden, Zeus is running untouched for 75 yards. So, before we get into third downs, uh, we do have some exciting news here on Dog Sports Live. And that is that Home Field Apparel is going to be releasing their new Georgia collection on Saturday at noon Eastern. Uh, they've been doing Big Noon Saturday. This is the second year in a row of it. And it's a 16-week campaign of brand new schools. And the Georgia collection is going to have 13 pieces of apparel. Uh, we've seen it. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's some stuff in there that are that's uniquely UGA. I'll put it that way, uh, but very, very much far and away the the best looking, like vintage UGA collection that I've ever seen, and that's something that I've spent a lot of time googling and looking for over the years. <laughs> so I'm I'm super excited about it. Uh, I have owned home field products before. Their stuff is so comfortable and good looking that I did buy a Colorado School of Mines T-shirt, and it is awesome um highly recommend that one after you buy your uga stuff but yeah it's pretty exciting to be a part of it i mean and you we've been scrolling the discount code there on the bottom of the screen but please on saturday at noon when the stuff kicks off use uh code dog sports one word and to get 15 percent off that stuff that you guys have been waiting and waiting and waiting for so we're excited to be a part of this launch and uh i just i think it's awesome so thanks to those guys and uh get on it and say 15 percent yeah 100 percent. and you know i think of course dog is going to be with an a and a w but just remember you you put that in there all caps code dog sports 15 percent off home field apparel best stuff out there not only are the designs awesome but their fabrics are super soft super comfortable 
They fit really well. They look very good. After you buy everything they made from Georgia, make sure you get yourself some sad Yukon Husky joggers, a.k.a. doggers, and <laughs> kick back and get ready for Georgia and Clemson uh, on Labor Day weekend. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so we're going to keep digging into these plays, and you wanted to talk about third down, so uh, rolling back yeah, into so, it. So, yeah, Clemson loves to bring pressure on third down. Uh, let's if you'll pause that for a second. So they, they like to play, bring pressure on third down. And when they did it last year, it was, it was often to cover for weaknesses in their secondary. And they're going to have to do the same against Georgia, just with what Georgia has in their wide receiver room. They're going to have to get to the quarterback quick or JT Daniels is going to pick them apart. And so when they brought more than four guys against Notre Dame and Ohio state, they got burned and you know, Notre Dame used their bigger wide receivers to beat Clemson on those 50-50 balls early in the game here. First quarter, I think this might have been the first third down that Notre Dame faced. And they're like, all right, you want to man up on the outside with us? We're going to we're gonna beat you all day. And then they switch over into those crossing routes. Will you slow this down a little bit? Mm-hmm. So they're going to switch over into these uh, crossing routes here. And, and so, like, after getting beat on that early blitz, right, uh, when they're running man coverage, Venables immediately goes to zone coverage on their next blitz. And Notre Dame had plenty of room to dump it off underneath and Clemson dropped into that deep zone. And again, you saw no guys within 10 to 12 yards of the line of scrimmage. And, you know, if Clemson's getting beat by Notre Dame's athletes on crossing routes, all due respect to Notre Dame's athletes, then Georgia's athletes can do the same to them. And what you see right here is this guy, moving across the middle, working on Landon Xanders, the safety there. And then you were going to see, like, if these little dump-offs to James Cook, Kenny McIntosh, the tight ends, et cetera, are going to help Georgia kind of bust that zone. Because, you know, there, Missouri's in a zone. No one's manned up and specifically really accounting for McIntosh. And number 11 there does a good job of reading the play. But when you give a guy like McIntosh a step, towards the sideline he's going to get the corner on you and all of a sudden you've got a you know 17 20 yard gain for a first down so we also saw uh if you want to go to that next notre dame play nope uh i may have missed uh, that one okay no worries uh do you have that uga crosser versus alabama the one that we put in late no worries. All right. Uh, so, yeah, just go. It's there somewhere. I know it. No worries. Go back. Let's not get too far out of whack here. Um, right. Right. This is There's, a. That's fine. Let's just do that. Uh, don't remember what this is. Oh, yeah. So, again, talking about Cook, just a little angle route, uh, you know getting these these running backs matched up on these linebackers and take advantage of that space. And all of that stuff happens when you hit those downfield shots early. And I look for Georgia to do that in this game and, you know, take advantage of some of those size matchups, throw those 50-50 balls to, to Arik, to Darnell, to guys like Justin Robinson that are 6'4", that people are probably not thinking about quite yet. Uh, yeah, hold on. Can we go? Hey, uh, let's just. Yeah, right there. 
so again, we're going to see a, a dump off versus zone on a third down and, and that angle route from cook also on a third down. So Georgia, oh, I'm sorry. That's curious. All right. We're all hang on. We're on ZD right here. Oops. Can we go to ZC? ZC. Yep. All right. So Clemson's going to adjust into a zone again, like we've talked about, and we're just going to see their guys work those little holes in the zone like we know Monken teaches Georgia's wide receivers to. So go go to that Mississippi State play with Kyrus. And we've got Jackson there working through the zone, and he's just going to find a little bit of room, and he's going to sit down. And I think that's where Georgia is going to have to be measured is, yeah, you want to take those deep shots from a strategic standpoint to loosen Clemson up, keep them out of those cover zero full house blitz type scenarios or, you know, burn them in those scenarios when you get the opportunity. But eventually when Clemson adjusts and they're just, they're leaving you that, that open grass in the zone, you've got to be able to find your little spots in there. Yeah, did you want to try to pull this? This is the Alabama. It's not the crosser from Alabama. Sorry. We got all out of whack here. All right. Yeah, just give me a second. That one. Yep. All right. What play you want to bring next on the sheet uh, here? And let me, and we'll can reset we it. Can we go up. to ZE and yep. then ZF? ZE and ZF. Watch this. Yeah, so you see Ohio State there working those little concepts and just finding those holes in the secondary. And, you know, you saw some highlight plays and some long bombs from from fields, but a lot of what they did well was more of that kind of stuff, those those chain-moving plays. And, like, that's how efficient offense works. That's how you you move the ball. That's how you possess the ball. That's how you keep the other team off the field is – getting those little chunks on third and short, third and medium, third and long. And so here we're going to see Georgia. You'll see Pickens find a little space against zone and sit down on a third and long. And right there, you know, if George, I know Pickens isn't playing in this game, but Georgia has plenty of guys that can run that route and make that catch. And if Georgia can do that, then they'll be very, very successful. Um, the last thing that I kind of want to look at is just, Clemson really struggled to tackle in in both of those games. And they're returning 11 starters on defense, and they, they might be coached up. They may be improved. I don't want to discount the fact that everyone can get better. But I do think that Georgia, A, is a, a much better tackling football team, and we'll get into that next week with the defense. But, B, guys like McIntosh, who, you know, led the league and – uh, broken tackles or I think forced missed tackles forced last year for the SEC. Like he can do a lot of damage on this team. Uh, a Milton who runs really powerful can do a lot of damage on this team. James Cook with his speed and his elusiveness can do a lot of damage against this Clemson defense. So Landon Xanders, 36 for Clemson, their safety uh, was a guy that I noticed got picked on a lot by both Ohio State and Notre Dame. And be something to watch. Um, and then that last play you saw right there. So that's that. That's just an interesting little comeback route that Ohio State threw, rolling the pocket out and taking advantage of the angles. And, and 
red zone is what this game is going to come down to, right? Like Georgia will have to be able to win and get touchdowns instead of field goals when they get into the red zone. And everything gets harder down there. There's less space and everything tightens up. And you saw Ohio State kind of work the sidelines and use some of those comeback routes and move guys and, and roll the pocket. And this is just showing you that Georgia knows how to do that. And, you know, that that's in the playbook. Those are throws that JT Daniels is comfortable making. Uh, he was comfortable making it in his first game action and, you know, a year, year and a half last year, he'll be comfortable making it after a full off season of seven on seven. So I think big picture, this sets up really well for Georgia and the things that Georgia needs to do to beat Clemson and the things that Clemson is, is vulnerable and susceptible to is stuff that we saw them do all last year. Well, anybody that's going to get in the, the comments of this YouTube channel, uh, hopefully we'll get some comments. We love them. And uh, we really do, actually. It's been pretty cool to have some opposing fan bases watch our previews. Uh, I imagine some Clemson fans are going to get in there and say, oh, you only did that against Missouri, South Carolina, and, you know, and Cincinnati is a group of five squad. Well, I, you know, Missouri, Mississippi State was a, was a pretty good defense coming in that game. Missouri was banged up, but that was still a pretty good defense. Uh, South Carolina was not, let's be real. But we ran the ball down their throats. We did exactly what we needed to. It wasn't like we, we you know, threw the ball over the field. Uh, uh, JT only had 18, 18 dropbacks. So, and Cincinnati was a really good defense. So, and and I just remember listening to Bill Connolly on with our, our friend uh, Ed Fang. And he said that, you know, if you extrapolate JT's out and that offense out, it was one of the top five or six offenses in terms of efficiency. So, uh, like you say, you know, you yeah. can try to, you can discount it, but. Like you said, we've got the skill players, we've got the athletes, and we got you know Todd Munkin that's going to be able to attack this defense. So I'm, it's I'm pretty excited. You can just see you did such an awesome job breaking it down. You can see this exact plays that Ohio State was getting and Notre Dame were getting. You know we ran those really successful, and I love that comeback right there at the end with the for in the red zone. You got to convert and totally. Uh, I think that's what this game is probably going to come down to. Truthfully, will be I think both teams can move the ball. I know Georgia will move the ball between the twenties. Um, and I think Clemson will move the ball between the twenties. I'm pretty sure that I think a lot of this will come down to uh, havoc plays, you know, like, like turnovers and, and big sacks and who, who scores touchdowns instead of field goals. But yeah, on the, I, I listened to that same episode of, uh, of the Ed Fang football analytics show with, with Bill. And um, he also mentioned you know, JT Daniels QBR was, was fourth best in the country last year. And that was opponent adjusted. So that was adjusted to account for the fact that, you know, Missouri, not the greatest secondary and, and, you know, so on and so forth with the rest of that schedule. I think, you know, when you see a guy come in and throw for over 400 yards twice in four games, when the program hasn't seen anyone do it in eight years, it's probably a pretty good indicator that, you've got the guy under center that you would want to have under center going to a game of the magnitude that, that this Georgia Clemson game is. Yeah. I mean, so we'll, we'll hold off any, you know, actual predictions here, but uh, you guys should watch this tape again. And uh, I, I, there's a lot of reason to feel confident. It's we, Georgia has what it needs to compete and, and, and get a win up there in Charlotte. Yeah, and I've known – I think we've all known all offseason that from an athlete standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, Georgia has what they need uh, 
but there's a difference between having those athletes and utilizing them correctly and putting them in the right spaces and, you know, having the right scheme. And it's really encouraging to know this is all, I, mean, I know I've said this before already, but it's really encouraging if you're a Georgia fan to know that the stuff that they need to do well is stuff that they already do well. You're, they do not have to come into this game and reinvent the wheel. They don't have to come in and be an air raid offense. They don't have to come in and, you know, play some style that they're not used to. And I think, you know, there's also a lot to be said for the fact that Clemson will watch this tape. I'm sure has been watching this tape, you know, for the last six months or nine months or how long it's been since they lost those games. And, and they will do things this offseason to adjust as well. I just think that Georgia's wide receivers versus Clemson's secondary and linebackers is an area where UGA just can really out-athlete Clemson. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of the norm in modern college football. That's not saying anything bad about them as a team. But I, I do think if you watch that Notre Dame game, that Ohio State game, um, you can kind of see – Clemson's scheme and what they run is has been set up to to go undefeated in the ACC every year, and that's not the same stuff that you can run when it comes time to play. You know, other other top ten, top fifteen, top twenty caliber programs, and so it'll be really interesting to see from their side what they adjust, what they try to do, because I'm sure they will, but. Uh, I, I do think those matchups still favor Georgia, regardless of any schematic changes. Grant, that was pretty awesome, dude. You went deep, and you and I know you're just beginning to uh, get into the, the other side of the ball for Georgia and versus Clemson. Uh, we're going to continue our SEC previews too. On top of that, well, we've got some guests lined up. We are. We are in. We're, we've already put our pads on. I know the guys are. Just, uh, we've been putting our. We've been. We've been running without. We've had pads our on. pads on for six months, man. We've been. Uh, dude, we've been in full contact Oklahoma drills in the parking lot every day after <laughs> after six period. Oh yes, if, oh, I would. I but, would die. I would die immediately. Oh yeah, no. I'm sure our hip sockets would come flying out of our bodies, but but yeah, no. We'll be back with our uh, preview of Clemson's defense. And we will also, uh, like you said, have plenty of SEC previews to come. And honestly, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to get done all the things that we want to get done between now and uh, first first game. We're only a few weeks away, so a lot to be excited about. All right. Don't forget, noon on Saturday in the Eastern time zone. Uh, big news Saturday on homefieldapparel.com. All capital letters, one word, dog sports, for 15% off that order. Um, I'm excited. I wish we could share with you the, the images, but you just have to wait a few more days. And um, uh, thanks to Homefield. And uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our uh, podcast. We are working through some of the awesome reviews we got um, on, the, on Apple Podcasts. Please continue those. I will be spreading out sticker love, FTMF sticker love to those those guys that are right, guys and gals that are leaving us those nice reviews. Graham, with yeah. that, you got, you got anything else before we get out of here? If you leave a review uh, for us on Apple, then just immediately go into Josh's DMs or my DMs or the Dog Sports Live Twitter accounts DMs and send us your mailing address so we can shoot you a sticker in the mail. Um, 
But no, that's all I've got. Uh, this has been Dog Sports Live. He's Josh Hancher. You can find him on Twitter at dog underscore stats. He is by far the best follow in the UGA analytics community, and there's a lot of good insights and numbers that you can get just from following him on Twitter. Uh, my name is Graham Coffee. You can find me on Twitter at dog out west. This has been Dog Sports Live, and we hope that you will join us next time. Hey, go dogs.